It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 94 WIP FM HD1 Philadelphia from the Tasty Cake Studios. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yo, it is BGN Radio. I'm your host, James Seltzer, with me. The man himself, the editor-in-chief of BleedingGreenNation.com, the vertically gifted Mr. Brandon Lee Gowton. BLG, what's up, brother? What is going on, Sydney Jones Nation? Oh, yeah. If Bartrud, John Bartrud uh, is uh, alive. No, he's dead, but he's alive, as we like to joke. He is is home, not feeling 100, but uh, we we are filling in for our good buddy, John. Feel better. Um, if he had been here, he would have said, what's going on, yeah. Sidney Jones? That's why I, I mean, there's no question him. about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, exciting news, BLG, is we uh, we talked about it a lot when the Carson Wentz injury happened. Heading into that press conference, the news that Sidney Jones is going to be back at practice happens right at that moment, right before Doug Peterson comes out to tell us what we all know, that sadly Carson Wentz is going to be lost for the season, what we were all expecting. Like 10 minutes before that press conference, the news comes out from the Eagles. Hey, guess what? Sidney Jones is back at practice. I see that. Obviously, you kind of, you know, all right, they're trying to kind of measure the bad news, the little good news. But I also felt like they're not putting that out there unless they really believe this guy's a real chance to get back on the field. We're going to see him on Sunday, BLG. We're going to see him not only, you know, not only has he been activated officially to the 53-man roster, that has happened now, but... The reports are that he's going to be active for the game as well, and he's going to play in this game. So that's really cool, the fact that the Eagles are getting this guy who they were so high on him. I mean, they Howie Roseman came out and said that was a top 10 player on our board. We had They had two top 10 players on their board, two first-round picks, if you will, between Derek mm-hmm. Barnett and yeah, Sidney Jones. Appropriate with Dallas uh, coming pro- into very town. Very appropriate Dallas coming into town. So it'll be awesome to see him. Sidney Jones, man. Uh, I, I was kind of skeptical at the time. I mean, I didn't, I think it was a bad pick, but I was kind of like cautiously optimistic. I was like, okay, this could work out, but now it's here. I'm excited. This is a guy who I remember. I, this is the guy who I wanted the Eagles to take Me at too. number 14 before the injury. Like that was the clear no brainer guy. After that, it was kind of like murky. We didn't know exactly. All right. you know, who should the Eagles take at 14? That was the guy and they got him. And now this Sunday, for the first time, we're going to get to see him. Yeah, I, I'm beside myself with excitement. We both, when they, when they picked him in the second round, lost it. We were ecstatic in the moment. Heading in, I, too, wanted them to take him in the first round before he got hurt. I liked him more than Marshawn Lattimore. 
Marshawn Lattimore's turned out to be a pretty darn good NFL player so far. And Sidney Jones, for those who don't know, was right there with Lattimore, considered the best cornerbacks in this past class. We talked last night, Barchard and I on, and, and you coming in and making a little guest appearance Hint, as well at Sandy's yeah. uh, Beef and Ale out in Langhorne. Had a blast there. But uh, we were talking about that concept of when it is an elite talent at the cornerback position, you're Marshawn Lattimore's, you're Jalen Ramsey's, guys like that, they can come in right away and make a difference immediately, BLG. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I think the the big concern with everyone is about how will he handle the physicality of the game right away. Because, you know, that's a, I think that's an adjustment for any rookie, let alone someone who's playing in Week 17 for the first time. So Yeah, first, first NFL action. Yeah, I mean, that's, there's a learning curve here. Absolutely. I mean, it's not like he's just going to come in and be this, you know, maybe, I mean, maybe he plays well right away, but, you know, there's going to be, at least it wouldn't be surprising if there's mistakes or, you know, there's, there's some kind of issues or errors. But, I mean, by all indications, he's healthy and he's looking good. And that's he's a special player. He's, he's a really... Uh, Fun guy to watch, honestly, watching him at Washington, making plays on the ball, just not allowing anything. I mean, that guy was just really good. And and the fact that, you know, he's coming in now and the Eagles just have all this youth at corner. I mean, they have Sidney Jones, he's 21 years old, and they have Rizal Douglas, he's 22, and Jalen Mills and Ronald Darby are 23. Like, this is awesome. I mean... This summer, we were talking about how the Eagles have no corners. Exactly. And now they have this. Heading into the draft, we were desperate for cornerbacks. And even after the draft, still not feeling great about the situation, especially with not knowing if Sidney Jones would take the field at all this season. Yeah. They go out to get Ronald Darby. Sidney Jones coming back. Rasul looks like he could play a little bit. Jalen Mills, you know, has some flaws, but has shown that he could play on the NFL level. Patrick Robinson probably not going to be here next year, but as part of this group this year, all of a sudden this spot, especially if Sidney Jones, and again, the key is health. It all comes down to health. If that guy is healthy and can get on the field, he's not going to be a, a, a minus for you, I don't think. I think there will be learning curves, like you said. It's the NFL, first NFL action. You have to get, to get up to NFL speed, first and foremost. You know, that's the number one thing you hear, right? The biggest difference between the college game and the pro game is that speed. It catches you also, you know, catches you. So, I think that there could be some some initial issues with that type of stuff, but that's why you're getting him action this week. You know, that's why you're seeing if you can get out there on the field and play on the NFL level before you get into a playoff scenario. And a nice little test for him, too, going up against the Cowboys starters. You know, they're not resting their guys. Jason Garrett made that clear. I mean, some of the guys like Tyron Smith won't be playing. Obviously, I think they put him on injured reserve. Or some of their most key guys who are banged up won't be there, but I think we're still going to see Dez play. So get Sidney Jones matched up on Dez. Now I know Dez isn't having a great season, but Dez Bryant can still do some Dez Bryant things. I mean, we've seen it this season. He makes a, a jump ball catch here and there. I mean, he's made some good plays as well as he's made a lot of bad plays this mm-hmm. year, but still I think it's a, it's a nice test for him to come in there and, and have him go up against the, those kind of guys and those kind of that kind of environment right away. And, you know, especially, too, it's a situation because it's it's the luxury that the Eagles have here. It's a meaningless game for them. They can afford to put him out there and experiment. And, you know, it's because if they needed this game, I mean, is he even playing much no. at all? I mean, he can't, right? You no. can't just, especially, I mean, even if you put him out there for a little bit and he's struggling. He plays maybe is the point, but you can't, yeah. like you said, you can't let him struggle and learn. No. On the, that's the most, I mean, it's all about reps. I, I think whether you're in the NFL, whether you're talking on the radio, whether you're doing whatever, any job, anything you do, the more you do it, the better you're going to be at it. It's a fact of life. The Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hours theory. Like, all that type of stuff. The, the more you practice it in the actual real situations you're going to be doing it, you're going to get better. And Sidney Jones has zero NFL reps. So uh, I, the ability to allow him to go out there and learn on the job in a meaningless game before the playoffs, 
I think is crucial to, to actually having the opportunity to him maybe getting on the field in the playoffs. I don't think you see it the other way around. I think that's a great point. And we'll get into a little bit of the Dez stuff a little bit later. Dak Prescott. <laughs> Dak Prescott with some words for Dez. Uh, we'll get into that. But um, I, I, the other thing, too, just with where this team, and if you want to chime in, Sidney Jones, we're going to talk a little bit about Sunday's action, a little Nate Studfeld action, and, uh, and a whole lot more, 888-729-9494. But uh, we've talked a lot since the Wentz injury about the concept that this team doesn't have the same margin for error that they had before, which, which is obvious. You know, it's a big downgrade. You know, you can't make as many mistakes when you don't have a guy like Wentz to bail you out in a lot of situations. The upside of Sidney Jones, and again, he could go out there and just not be ready. He could go out there and not be physically where we hope he is, all that type of stuff. But if Sidney Jones can get out there, and if he is Sidney Jones, the guy we saw at Washington, that's the kind of difference maker, impact guy, that can slightly increase that margin of error heading into the playoffs if he can play. It's the X factor. It's something that like could change a lot. And you're looking at this defense, and I think after the Raiders game, you're not feeling awesome about it. You're feeling better than you better did than after the, the Giants. Giants game, which is you know something. It's a step in the right <laughs> yes. direction. Couldn't feel much worse than we did after the Giants game. At the very least. So, you know, it's, it, you have that going. But, I mean, yeah, you're seeing Jalen Mills. And, look, I think Jalen Mills, you know, obviously gave up that touchdown. But I think he battled back in that game. Mm-hmm. He made up a, a very key pass breakup on third and goal that kind of and he adjusted on the, the slant he, he goes adjusted. you could see yeah, that he changed it you know changes exactly. approach there so I, I mean even if we're being realistic about this i don't think it's just like all right jalen mills you're going to the bench i mean if anything sydney jones is maybe stealing some snaps i think there, it's kinda, more of a rotation yeah, getting way. onto the field finding a way to kind of get him involved you know especially in some of maybe those some of those dime looks some of those corner heavy packages that you have and see what you can do in there that's really interesting like how much can Sidney Jones really be used moving forward? Is that what this week is about? Like kind of seeing that, all right, can what we can trust him? Yeah, what can he handle? I think that's kind of an interesting thing going for this team. And I, it, that's that's what's interesting about this week, too, is it, it's not just about the playoffs. I mean, that's where everyone's mind's at, obviously, looking forward to the rest of this season. But looking ahead beyond this year, I mean, it's just a great opportunity to get Sidney Jones some experience under his belt before he goes into this offseason and he challenges for a starting job. And yes, challenges for a starting job because it's not like, I don't think the Eagles just hand him that job. They're obviously very high in him. I think they expect him to win. They expect a good him to way win. To put it, but right. I mean, you have Darby there. Sure. They, Jim Schwartz likes Jalen Mills a lot. Mm-hmm. And maybe Jim Schwartz won't be here. But, we'll get into that a little bit we'll later see. as well. But there's still guys here. So it'll be, a, it's a good problem to have, as we said all along. You have these corners now. And again, it's something to look forward to. Yeah. And like you said, I think that's a crucial point that, you know, stepping outside of the here and now for the long term. Uh, Sidney Jones getting this opportunity, moving into next season to play in this type of game, and, and even more so if he can get those actual playoff reps. I mean, that's the type of thing that, that helps grow a player and I think is certainly something that would help Sidney Jones moving forward and could be a boon for, for you know, this team as well in the moment. And, and I think that's the key that, that is so exciting about it, especially, look, just even from a depth perspective, we have seen with this football, that's been the theme of the season, how important depth has been for this team, the ability to, you know, overcome some legitimate serious injuries, and we'll see with the Wentz thing, but Peters, Sproles, Hicks, I mean, legitimate crucial pieces of this team uh, have been lost, and they have found a way to overcome those losses and fight through adversity and all that type of stuff having that extra pair of legs out there, that extra legitimately talented pair of, you know, legs and, and arms out there, I think really could help this team 
moving forward, just even from a depth perspective. 888-729-9494. It's BGN Radio. Brandon Lee Gouton, James Seltzer coming to you. Let's head out to the phones. Let's start it off with Derek. Derek, what's on your mind today? Hey, guys. Hey guys how are you? Good, man. What's on your mind today? Not much. I, as we all know, um, the Eagles are in a very poor cap situation coming into next year. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm just thinking, do the Eagles cut Nick Foles and draft a late round QB? Uh, well, Derek, I don't think they can cut him financially. Like it doesn't work that way in terms of the cap savings. And here's a, here's how I'd rephrase that a little bit. I don't think they're in a, a poor cap situation. It's a tight cap situation. Like they're in a tight cap situation because they've paid a lot of the good players on this 13 and two team. And that's kind of, you know, that's the, I don't, you don't want to call it downfall, but that's just the reality of what it is. But I do think to, your, to answer your question, I do think you have to trade Nick Foles this offseason because you save $5.2 million in cap space by getting rid of him. So I think you trade him and either you move on to Nate Sudfeld, which we'll see how he does against the Cowboys this week, or they could spend a, a you know, not a high pick, obviously, but they could spend a late round pick or a mid round pick on a guy to, to back up Wentz potentially. Which is something, you know, coming from the Andy Reid school yes. of football. Murray as it has were. said that. Yeah. Still, no, I, I wouldn't shock me at all. I mean, they, they've done that for a long time. You know, you see a lot of organizations, the Patriots, another example of, of teams that will draft quarterbacks third, fourth, fifth round and try and develop those guys to be a piece to be moved later on. Yep. Thanks. All right, Derek, great call, man. We appreciate it. And uh, look, I think the Sudfeld thing is going to be interesting. We'll get into it in just a little bit. But Adam Kaplan did come out and say the majority of snaps. Thank God. We're going to see some Nate Sudfeld (laughs) throwing studies on Sunday. Pretty excited about it. Uh, Look, I think it's from a from a just a a fan perspective looking at this. For me, I really want to see this guy out there like we have. He's never played an NFL snap. And he is one hit away from regular season. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Regular. Yep. Of course. Yep. Yeah. A real NFL snap. Uh, a snap that matters. Um, but, you know, he's going to have the opportunity. If if Foles goes down one hit, this guy's playing in the divisional round or further along of the playoffs. We've never seen this guy play in an, an actual real NFL game. Man. I need to see something. And there's been a hype machine around. Of Nate course, they didn't go get up. I mean, how many people went when Wentz went down? You know, forgetting the just the Foles was clear of the backup. How many people, the number one thing is, all right, who are they going to get backup Foles? Who's the guy? Nobody. Frank Reich literally said that Nate Studfeld was yeah. turning heads in practice. Like, I don't even know what that means because I don't I don't even know. <laughs> I how... think it's because if he throws the ball, you have to turn your head to see it. I guess that's very like physically true. Um, yeah, the thing about Studfeld again is that, you know, not only could he, you know, he potentially play well in this game and kind of have you feel like, okay, maybe he can be okay if, if something happened to Nick Foles. Um, I, of course, me personally would just love if Nate Sudfeld comes out here and like just looks awesome and be like, <laughs> start him over Nick Foles, oh, which, God. which wouldn't you, happen. It would not happen. It would not happen. It would zero but, chance. You know, I'm he, just, he, could, he could throw for 500 <laughs> yards and five touchdowns, no interceptions, well, and he, he will not start over 10, Foles. I think we'd have to start. Oh, what if he threw for eight? Oh, what if he threw for eight? <laughs> oh, yeah, he breaks his record. But I think the thing... Uh, more looking beyond this year again with Sudfeld is that if he does play well, then like I already think they have to trade Nick Foles because of the cap thing and just for my sanity personally because <laughs> I can't watch him anymore. <laughs> but after this year, but I, I he is playing for a lot this weekend. If he plays well, he can kind of lock up that backup job, I think, to Carson Wentz for next year. Yeah, I agree with you. It'll be interesting, though, if he plays terribly. <laughs> you know, what? what is that discussion in the playoffs in terms of him bagging folds? That could be interesting as well. 888-729-9494. Let's head out to South Philly and talk to Jim. Jim, you're on WIP. Hey, how are you? Good, Jimmy. How are you, man? 
good. I want to give a shout out real quick to uh, to, to Cody Benjamin. Um, I I won a, a, a Will Montgomery jersey through Bleeding Green. Oh, hey Jim. Um, yeah. Hey, ah, it's awesome. I want to thank you guys so much for that, and uh, and for all the hard work you do. Uh, Thanks, Jim. Uh, over there, man. I love oh, God. I love your website. I appreciate so, that, man. Cool. So, so my my call is real quick, just about Eagles, about about what's happened. There's a couple of articles that went out about like Eagles bandwagon fans, and and I, I just don't think it's true, and and it, it's kind of a little unfair because of you know some of the information that went out of there. So I really just wanted to say, you know. Um, there's no other fan than, than a Philly fan. And, and I look at it a little differently. I look at it like our culture, um, our history that's around here, and, 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 and where it's all grown up from. So Green Bay fans are amazing. Chicago fans are great. The Giants fans are, are awesome. Um, New England fans have it easy, and they've got 25, 35 you know, states to, uh, to get their fans from. But in Philly, we've got, we've got our history. We've got that. We've got generations and generations, and we're just different. And it's just a little bit unfair how the media has kind of had a slow day. What what else is new, Jim, right? I mean, we're always the go-to for the national media. Look, I'm with you, Jim. I think that this fan base, and, and I've been around a lot, I've seen a lot of fan bases, this is as passionate, as intelligent, a fan base as I've ever been around. And, uh, you know, like you said, Jim, I think it comes from that history that, you know, we've all gone through the the pain and the anguish and the hope, and, and we've done it together. And, and I'm with you, Jim. I think there is a, a real uh, uh, camaraderie and a real closeness between Eagles fans that, that you know, it, it matters to us to be an Eagles fan. There's one other thing, and that is that there's a different culture here. There's a different – we walk by – the history of America. We walk by, there's a certain aspect about our culture in Philly. I've, I've lived here all my life, grew up in South Philly. I'm telling you, it's a different place than any other place in the country. And we grow, we, we, we're just different. Um, we're a different media outlet. We're a different Jim, everything. I'm with you. That, that great call up against, you, up against a break. Great call. And thank you for, Reading bleedinggreennation.com, terrific stuff on there. I read it too. Uh, but, um, Jim, to your point, and uh, I, I do think that you have a really interesting point there about the fan base and about this team and how we're kind of all connected here. And and to your point about the media, I, I will explain on the other side uh, why I 100% agree with you and give the best example I can think of as to why this fan base is just different. 888-729-9494. It's BGN Radio, Brandon Lee Gouton, James Seltzer. We're coming right back. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. So before the break, we had a great call from Jim in South Philly. James Seltzer, Brandon Lee Gout, and BGN Radio coming your way. Jim talking about this fan base, and uh, I know that Ruben Frank had an article recently kind of covering this, this whole Foles thing and, you know, people jumping off the bandwagon, on the bandwagon, whatever. We'll get into that. First, uh, to respond to Jim's point about this fan base and how different we are, all you need to say is that the Philadelphia media and the way they travel. I mean, if you go to any NFL event, any sort of thing where other teams and other beat writers, there's 10 to 15 Philadelphia beat writers and then no one else for any other team. 
Bleeding Green Nation, James, you might not know this, is the number one SB Nation team site there is. And I think that's largely in part to the support we have. So it's a great point. I see it there. And just the, and the comments we have and the passion, I totally, like, I see it. You know, it's not just like some, it's not a trope that we tangible. say. It's I can tangible. See it. exactly. You can see the numbers. Yep. Yeah, no, and you've said, like, we've seen the number. It, it is it is tangible. It is it is very definitive as well. So let me hear, let's get into this for a second here, because it does seem to be something that is kind of coming up now and and the Ruben Frank article and all that stuff about the whole concept of all of a sudden, if you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan, but you have doubts, you're not a fan anymore. Like, what what is this thing? And we talked about it, Bartrud and I last night at Sandy's Beef and Ale on WIP talked a little bit about this concept, and I feel like since Chip Kelly was here, You were either a chip guy or a chip hater. There was no gray area, nothing in between. And this fan base has never kind of recovered in terms of not being divisive, in terms of their not everything being black and white. And now at this point where, look, I don't believe in Nick Foles. I can't help it. I have to be honest. I'm not going to come on the air and say, Nick Foles is great. He could do it. Believe in that guy. Because I don't. I do believe in this team. I believe in the fact that they could win two games at home. I believe that Foles is streaky and he could have two games, like all that type of stuff. But me coming on here and saying that I I have doubts in Nick Foles and other people coming on and saying it has somehow turned into Negadelphia. You're not a real fan. You're not on board. What is that? Like, when did we become this fan base that we can't have doubts, not 100% believe they're absolutely going to win every game they ever play and still be a fan, BLG? I think it even goes back to Andy Reid. I mean, you know, there was a time there where people, I think, were very divided. Well, was there? Yeah, of course there was. There was a time where people were, like, very, like, you know, you got to get rid of Andy. Or, mm-hmm. no, he's been so great. I think so. I think it's been, it's just been here, this divisiveness. I think that's part of the the thing we're talking about what makes Eagles fans great is there's just so many of us <laughs> that, true. you know, there's bound to be differences of opinion. I, I think when it comes to this Foles thing, I mean, I was thinking about what you were just saying there, and I don't get the reason why I'm supposed to believe in him. Like, people are just going to throw numbers at me, like 27-2 and and Pro Bowl MVP and his starting record with the Eagles. Like, none of that means anything to me because you have to look at the context that those things happened. In 2013, Nick Foles was in an offense that the NFL wasn't ready for. Mm -hmm. People weren't ready for Chip Kelly. That was a lot of Chip Kelly, and the skill players were great. I mean, you had LaShawn, you had Deshaun, you had Riley Cooper having a career year. Mm-hmm. Like, you you just had so, and the offensive line playing all 16 all, games, every, which like, never happened. And not just that, like, a really good, a offensive, good offensive line. line. You have Lane Johnson, it was good from the jump. Yep. You have Kelsey, you know, like he is this season, like legit Kelsey, you have Jason uh-huh. Peters in full power. I mean, Evan Todd Mathis, Hermans. an all pro, like, yep. a legitimate group of offensive linemen for 16 games all five guys played every 16 all 16 games so you had all that and then in 2014 he didn't play as well he, he clearly didn't play as well go let la- go look back at his stats they weren't good but people would just point to the fact that he had a winning record well and also people like put that washington game and the and the washington hey, game he was, was good he was great but it was like, one he, game he was tough that was like he his was, best game that it was, was his... the only good game there was the only game he had like a hundred over 100 passer rating other than the Houston game, which he got hurt. He only played, I think he only made like nine throws or something. Mm-hmm. So I'm not counting that one in there. And uh, so it's just like people were giving him credit when he wasn't even the reason they're winning games. 
So, like, how am I supposed to look at all that and feel good about Nick Foles? Like, what am I, what, what's the thing I'm hanging on here? You're, you're just throwing these numbers at me and you're saying, oh, but they're good numbers. But yeah, but they don't mean anything. Like, the context of them isn't good. So, bringing that back to what we're talking about here, uh, again, I, I said it last night when I was on the show. Uh, I don't, I'm not giving up on the team. Like, exactly. I'm, and I'm not saying, and I'm not like rooting against them, but I just feel that. I, it's like I don't have a lot of faith in Nick Foles, and I do believe in the team. I do believe, you know, like Ronald Darby made that play, and I, be, I believe in this defense enough that they're going to give the team a fighting chance. They might not be this elite unit that can carry them to the Super Bowl, but they're going to give them a chance at least at home. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just a weird spot to be in. I called you guys last night. I said I had that dilemma. I'm still stuck. I think I'm going to be stuck in that dilemma for the rest of the season. Yeah. No, and, 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 and I get it. I get both sides of the coin here. I get seeing something special that people don't want to give up on. Like, I don't want to give up on it. This season, until Carson Wentz went down, was my favorite I've ever seen as an Eagles fan, including 2004. I've never had so much fun watching a team. I've never loved a group of guys the way I love this group of guys. The way they play together, the chemistry, everything you could possibly want from a team you root for. But situations change, and you have to acknowledge that. And just because they win games doesn't necessarily mean that they're still that 13-2 and team. Or Yes, they're technically 13-2, and but they haven't looked like a 13-2 and team. And I'm just telling you what my eyes see, and that's not any sort of negativity about it. It's just honesty. It's how you feel. That's the thing. Like, well, with a lot of this stuff, we're just expressing our opinions. Like, it's not like an agenda or something, you know, like that we're out to do something. Uh, it's just like how I feel. Like, so what do you want me to do? Like you, I, I express my feeling and then you come back at it and you're like, Oh, blah, blah, and you're like getting on me or getting on people for, for being negative or whatever, being like, Oh, we should just give up then. And I'm like, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, I'm telling you how I feel. If you feel differently and you feel more optimistic, more power to you. That's great. But not everyone is there. Let's hear how the people feel. Let's go to the phones. 888-729-9494. As I look down at my call screener. Look at this. We're going across the pond. Our good friend Neil Dutton calling from England. How are you, sir? If you're just negative all the time, gents, you can't be hurt by bad things. It's a good point. It's a good point. (laughs) That's that's the way I look at everything going forward. I love it. Neil, it's just a, uh, you can't get hurt that way, right? Absolutely. Expect the worst. You'll always be pleasantly disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> You're really brightening this up, Neil. Spoken like a true Brit, honestly. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Neil, what? All right. We have not talked to you since the uh, the Nick Foles era has gotten back underway. Uh, what What have you been your kind of takeaways watching the uh, the last couple games? Um, well, you know, it's 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 been painful. Um, you know, at first you're thinking, <laughs> yes. oh, this offense might not miss a beat. Oh, the defense stinks. And then the next one is uh, the offense is missing every single beat, but maybe the defense doesn't stink. It's it's very hard to look and say with any degree of confidence what this Eagles team is compared to what it was. And, you know, so the, the ultra positive, which I struggle to get to, hmm. yeah, they've won both games since, we're, since we lost the Ginger Prince, but since then it's also like... Yeah, but we suck. You know, and it's, <laughs> I, 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 you know, just just echoing what you said, James. You know, this has been a magical season. It was one. You know, every time the number of Eagles games I've watched four, five, six times just to see. My God, I, did he actually do that? Yeah. Whereas the last two, it's like, yeah, I'm good. That uh, I've, I've watched them. They've gone. Yeah, I'm, Neil, and that's the problem. And that's the that. And again, 
not saying that they can't do it. It's just tough to watch this team as they're playing right now and and believe that they're going to be able to beat good teams in the playoffs or ultimately in the Super Bowl. Neil, real quick, before we let you go, I saw you tweeting a little bit. Little Eagles in London next year, maybe? Well, you know, that was that was just me, you know, just... just Hypothesizing. You know, just That's it. Just that, you know, the Eagles are one of the few teams that haven't been visited these shores. You know, you come over. All our beer isn't isn't warm. We do have some cold stuff. Um, you know, but then the, the good people of NFL UK, something leaked um, about a possible five-game slate in England next year. Ooh. It's probably not going to happen. But the first game that I saw was Eagles at Jags at Wembley. Oh, now, no! Sir Blake saying, Bortles I'm, in his true home! Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you don't... you know, you It's don't a road game for the birds there. You don't spit in the wind, and you don't play Blake Bortles in Wembley. <laughs> they're, the three, they're the three truths of humanity. But if the Eagles just come and play anyone, just hopefully your good selves can all come over as well. And it doesn't matter, you know, what, what happens. We'll... We'll all have a good time anyway. Uh, Neil, you are the best. Everyone follow him on Twitter at ndutton13. Does a lot of great fantasy work and all that out there. Neil, thanks for calling us, brother. Thanks, boys. Have a good new year. You too, sir. Look at that. Awesome. Across the pond. We'll it, be there. And it, Yeah, we will be. If that's happening, we will be. And in a sentence that has very likely never been said on WIP, let's go from England to Gwinnett Valley Warren. You're on WIP. <laughs> hey, thank you for taking my call, guys. Thanks for making it, man. What's on your mind? I love I love Eagles fans. I mean, they travel all over the country to root for this team. Those are amazing, amazing people. And my hats are off to these people that can that can do that. And the, the other fans that they camp out in the parking lot and they tailgate till the end of the the night. And these are amazing, amazing people that this this team is so lucky to have. Don't you agree? Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a very passionate fan base. The people care here, and that's not. I think that's something we don't real like if you're. Just if you've lived in Philadelphia all your life and you don't have that perspective of some of these other cities, like it's not as passionate there. It's just not. I it's mean, not. it's just not the same atmosphere. And I, I think uh, that's something we have really special here. And I think that's why turning that into what we have going on this season, that's why having home field advantage is so crucial because at this stage, this team needs all the help they can get, especially with the way they've been looking lately. So we need the fans to be there and make and, and be getting loud and to give us that extra advantage. Well, the interesting thing is that the Eagles feed off of the fans' energy and the fans feed off of the Eagles' energy. So there's this constant yin and yang of, you know, I think they can, I think they can, and people would rather, I think, have their, their hopes, you know, a little bit low and then the team, you know, prove them right versus their, them getting themselves ahead and – you know, being let down. And well, it's, Warren, it's, I agree with that that you know that concept, but it seems like it's kind of reverted the other way now. It seems like people are more willing to just jump on in and believe and not worry about getting hurt. Yeah, I think people have to pinch themselves and say, is this is this team really at thirteen and two? You know, on the verge of fourteen and two, or or is this not this this team that's having this magical season? It's it's believing it, but but trying to you know be the doubting Thomas and say, well. You know, the defense has to play better. The no, offense has uh, to play we, better. Uh, no, Warren, great call up against it. Thanks for making it. I'm with you. And look, this fan base is special. We all know it. I, I like. I'm honored to be a part of it. That's what I always think. Like, I love this fan base. I love the us against the world mentality. Screw all the other fan bases because we're the best one. Uh, you know, I truly believe that. Eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four. We got some great calls on the line. Excited to take them. I'm excited to argue with my buddy Rasheen about Nick Foles. 
That'll be coming up. More Nate Studfeld talk as well. 888-729-9494. It's Brandon Lee Gout and James Seltzer. BGN Radio. Don't go anywhere. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Nate Sudfeld playing on Sunday. Majority of the snaps, according to Adam Kaplan. I'm James Seltzer. Brandon Lee Gowton, BGN Radio with you till 3 o'clock. Coming up at 2.45, our Ring the Bell picks with Mr. Sean Brace of Fox 29, phillyinfluencer.com. Until then, let's talk to the people. I'm just going to set it up here and let it go because I know my man, Rasheen, has got Nick Foles' back. And I know Brandon Lee Gowton likes to argue with people who got Nick Foles' back. So, Rasheen, you and Brandon, let's go lay it on us, Sheen. All right, now, when you were talking about 2014, that year, uh, Lane Johnson missed four games. Uh, There we go. There we um, go. Lane Johnson missed four games. Alan Uh Barber was out for the year. Uh And Evan Mathis missed seven games. And if you also look at that year, that's the same year. LaShawn McCoy, you know, he had a down year. That's because Deshaun Jackson left. Jeremy Macklin was coming back from a torn ACL. His first three games, Nick Foles, he threw for over 300 yards and averaged a passer rating. 87.9 87.9 his first three games. Now, now we all know the year wasn't the magical 27-2, and two, but, you know, a couple of things I did name was, was kind of the reason why we had down here the offensive line was not the same. We had guys David Malk, uh, Andrew Gardner, and Dennis Kelly as his offensive line. So name another quarterback who had that type of offensive line, you know, would have still performed. Yeah, okay, Nick Foles was the, the, first off, the first quarterback to deal with uh, a bunch of offensive line injuries. No one's done okay, that before. Carson Wentz, look at Carson Wentz this year. Uh, okay, yeah, but yeah, Carson Wentz is, a, is, a, is an MVP caliber quarterback. I'm yes. not comparing the two. I'm not comparing the two. I know Carson Wentz is better. I'm just saying Nick, Nick Foles is not as bad as as bad as you're like really presenting what does Nick Foles do be? well, Racine? What does he do well? Well, well, we know he's not an athlete. What does he I do well? He can manage the game. I think he can manage the game. But what and, does he do well? Like you know, what? Like what? Like he, skill does passer. he have that makes him okay, like? He, he, Nick Foles is a good passer. We're talking about what he's a good passer. When, yes, he is. When nobody played good, you're talking about one game. Now name any other game. One game. Okay, I'm talking. Name any other game where he wasn't with Jeff Fisher. If you take out the years, because everybody loves to say Jeff Fisher is a quarterback killer. Name other games besides that. He had a bad game. Like are, you you are you kidding me? Are you kidding? Go back to this, the Saints playoff game. Yeah, he left the field with the lead. Yeah, yeah but he also missed like a, a thousand throws in that game, and they should have been up by more. Go back to the Jaguars game, the first game in 2014. He should have had okay. like 600 okay. yards okay. that day. Now, let's talk. Okay, let's talk about that Saints game because, like we said before, he out. Dual Drew Brees who threw for who threw oh, two he interceptions. Him. He, he threw he threw two interceptions. We're talking about Deshaun Jackson who was shut down by what well, Keenan Lewis until that point in time. He, he wasn't shut down. He was running yes, he wide was. open down Deshaun the field Jackson and Nick Foles couldn't see him. Okay, listen, Deshaun Jackson yes. did not have to catch it until Keenan Lewis got hurt. Now, if you want to go back and look at the stats, yeah, because Nick Foles wasn't seeing him. He was open. I'm telling you, this is what Nick Foles when? does. How? But the main thing, all right, all right, okay, he missed a couple of throws, but the main thing, as you said the first time, when Nick Foles left the game, he had the lead. Oh, there it is, Sheen. Good call. Nick Foles left the field with the lead, VLJ. 
That's what it always comes down to, though. Like, good and call, Rasheen. And that's what like people fire, were saying baby. after the Raiders. Yeah, great call, Rasheen. I, I respect it. I love. Uh, I love the debate. Uh, thank you for calling he, in. He stood I, up. BLG I actually stood up to I had debate to stand you, Rasheen. Up, I was he got fiery. That was like some of the most fiery BLG we've had in here. But that's the thing with Nick Foles. Like he, everyone's like, oh, he played well enough in the Raiders game. No, he didn't. If your defense needs to force five freaking turnovers in a half of football, you didn't play well enough yes! to barely win the game. You would have only won by three points. Yeah, you would have won led, by three points. He led the game-winning drive. He got him right down the field, and so it's a field goal. Right now, that one, that, yeah, he threw five out passes. I mean, how many quarterbacks can throw five out passes in a row? <laughs> Nate Sudfeld might have been able to. <laughs> that was awesome. Thank you, Rasheen, for being a part of that BLG getting Fiery right there. I know someone else would bring the fire. My buddy Chuck in South Jersey. Chucky! Yo, James. How you doing, brother? How you doing, bud? Hold on a minute. Let me take you off speaker. No worries. We're here. BLG's uh, composing himself after wanna, the, wanna the fire. Wish you a happy pacing. New Year and Brandon also. Thank you, Thank sir. You, Same to you, Chuck. Uh, to be honest with you, I'm relying more on hope than I am on expectations. Thank you for the honesty, Chuck. Me That's too. That's fair. Yeah, me too. It's all about hope. I don't. I don't believe in the same way, but I. I hope. I bought my playoff tickets. They won both games. I said I'll pay one. I'll, I'll pay for the one, and if they win that one, I'll pay for the second one. <laughs> I like that, Chuck. I like that a lot. You know, put, put not, their you feet know, to the fire there. I don't have faith in them. I want them to prove to me that you know my money's worth. Uh, they're worth my money. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely, Chuck. I'm with you. At this point, at this point, uh, Carson Wentz ain't there, man. And they're not the same team. That's They're just not the same team. Uh, hopefully, Foles can pull him through. Uh, I believe he holds the ball too long. He had like five or six seconds back in the pocket. He's looking at one receiver. There are other receivers. Uh, I don't know if he's just locking in. Somebody had mentioned that um, with Jeffrey. Wentz will throw the ball, although he's not open, yes. but he has faith that he's going to catch it was, the ball. It was Ray Didinger, Chuck. Great point. That's, that's what Ray was saying. Sometimes he might not look open, but he's Alshon, and you throw him the ball, and he'll make the catch. And that's why and the excuse that. The catch and Foles don't see that. And that's a quality that, it, it, that, made, that is like makes one at the one Side of the of the you know what I'm of the argument sure and falls down at the bottom side of that argument. Chuck, I'm with you. Great, great call. We're up against the break here. Great call. Have a happy new year, brother. Really appreciate you calling in. BLG, what were we gonna say? Yeah, I was just saying like that's why I don't want to hear that the receivers aren't getting open because they were, and even if they aren't, Nick Foles can throw to a guy who can catch a contested pass. Exactly. All right. Before we, uh, well, we're coming back for the next hour. We'll be here till three, but we do the famed producer changeover in a minute here as Jack Fritz is going to be leaving us. But Jack had something incredibly important that he had to bring to the table before he gets out of here. So tomorrow, uh, Cole Beasley is not even making the trip to, to <laughs> Philadelphia. <laughs> and there's only one reason why he's not making the trip. And it's because he's dodging Howard Eskin. Oh! Cole Beasley is afraid of the king. Round two, just like round one. Goes to Howard Askin. I love it. Look at that. Suck it, Cole Beasley. You got taken down by Howard Askin. Great, great drop in there, Jack. Thank you for uh, killing it for an hour for us. Brandon Lee Gouton and I will be back with more 
BGN Radio leading you up to 3 o'clock. NFL picks. Ring the bell picks coming up at 2.45. Your calls until then, 888-729-9494. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Left to go, BGN Radio. Brandon Lee Gowton, James Seltzer coming to you. Coming up at 2.45, Sean Brace, phillyinfluencer.com. Fox 29 will join us for our Ring the Bell picks of Week 17, the toughest, silliest week to predict, BLG. Very much so. I mean, uh, look at the Eagles here. I mean, we don't even know fully. I mean, we Doug Peterson said the starters are going to play, mm-hmm. but how long? Yeah, I mean, and then he, Kaplan tweets out that Nate yeah. Sudfeld's going to get a lot of snaps. How, how much is Sidney Jones going to play? We don't know. We don't know. Exactly. And also, you're on the other side of the ball. you got a Dallas team that has nothing to play for. I mean, you know, other than wanting to win nine games or something stupid. Or Really? I mean, they have every reason to lose. They have every reason to lose. It better If you're a Dallas fan, you suck. But if you're a Dallas <laughs> fan, you, you should be rooting for this team to lose this game. You want the Eagles to win. They can still get, like, I think, like the 15th overall pick as opposed to like if they win, it might be like the 20th or the 19th. It's a drastic so. difference. Like That matters. I mean, that's the type of thing where Howie Roseman trade, granted, made a great trade, but you have to trade assets to hopscotch picks up. Like You could just lose a game, a meaningless game, and you move up four or five picks. It seems like a no-brainer. Teams don't usually do it that way, but um, I'm with you. It's going to be an interesting week. We will get to those coming up as it is now. Let's head back out to the phones and head to Mayfair and talk to Murray. Murray, how are you today, sir? How are you doing, guys? Happy New Year. You as well, sir. What's on your mind today, Murray? All right. And that uh, line of uh, what's the reason for the Eagles to win? You say Dallas has no reason to win. What's the reason for the Eagles to win? No, none. Um, That's my point. We were. Well, yeah, 14. Well, actually, yeah, Murray, I'm going to tell you in a second because Brandon and I. both legitimately want the Eagles to win this game, even though it doesn't matter. But we were more making a point from a Week 17 gambling, like we're making our picks okay. later. It's tough to kind of read these lines uh, in Week 17. You're right. It's, uh, it's impossible. Uh, I think there's precedent here in sports when you look at a team with a backup quarterback or a less than good quarterback. Uh, I think when you look at the 85 Bears with McMahon, when you look at the 2000 Ravens and the 90 Giants with Hostedler, yeah, they had two things that the Eagles I don't think consistently have. That's a well, they had a all-time great defenses. Yeah, all-time great defenses. Let's say plus they had a running game. Yeah, well, that's the key, and also at least for Hostedler and the and the 85 Bears. To be fair, I mean. McMahon didn't end up being a great quarterback because of the injuries and stuff, but he was pretty damn great in '85. He, he was he was very good. But regardless, it's also I think the bigger factor with the Hostetler and the '85 Bears is it's just a different game back then. You yeah, know, exactly. like you didn't much, need was, to throw the ball. How, to win. how important was passing then as it is compared exactly. to now? But still, they had great defenses. They had defenses that that got to the passer. So no matter whether they're going to pass, not pass. With these defensive lines that we're talking about, they got to the passer in plus Lawrence Taylor. You know? Oh, no question. Great call. And and look, I'm with you. We've heard a lot of people kind of bring up the Hostetler thing. And, you know, I think that's the most clear, obvious go-to comparison just because of the timing and whatnot that, that Sims went down comparatively. It's just a different game now. Well, to Murray's point there, if this Eagles team is going to make a run, and if we're going to be positive here, if you're saying we're being negative and we, and we want to be fair and point out a positive, sure. let's say – this defensive line has the potential to really get hot and get things. Like I believe in that defensive line. Will they do it? That remains to be seen. But they have the guys to do it, and they have the scheme to do it. And 
if there's going to be a run somehow, that unit is going to be what needs to step up and carry this team. 100%. Like we just said, you look 85 Bears, even that Giants team, especially that Ravens team, those are not just great defenses. They are all-time top 10, in a couple cases, top five in the history of the sport type defenses. You know, defense wins championships when you have an all-time great defense. This Eagles defense has the potential, the talent to be great. I don't know if they have the potential to be the Ravens or the Bears, those two teams that like the greatest defenses. Certainly that Ravens D, the greatest D I've seen in my lifetime, other than maybe the 91 Eagles and didn't actually get over the hump. But, um, I, you know, I think there's there's a big difference there in, in what Murray's kind of angling at. But to Murray's point originally about tomorrow's game, yes. a lot of people don't really care if the Eagles win this game or whatever. We both, it turns out, legitimately want them to win. Yeah. Like more than just a, oh, I want to beat Dallas. Why do you want to win so much tomorrow? Well, here's the uh, the first thing I'll say is if they lose, I'm not going to be distraught. Exactly. To be clear, yeah. you know, I'm not saying like you have to win this game at all costs. That's not what I'm saying. But I do want to see them win it still because as we were saying, you know, they're still, you know, 14 and two, the first time in franchise history. Like, does it, if so, if they don't get it, is this season a failure? No, but no. Like, it's just still cool to say. It'd be cool, especially because for a long time, I think we could both agree and I'm all for the only potential option against it, but in our lifetimes, easily the best, most fun Eagles team I've ever seen. Exactly. It'd be something just cool to remember this season by the best regular season record in Eagles history, going undefeated in the division, yeah, buddy. going undefeated at home, just all of those cool, and it's Dallas. I and mean, of come course on. beating it's Dallas. Dallas. I mean, you always want to be, you want to beat Dallas no matter what. It mm -hmm. doesn't matter what else is surrounding the game. It's beating Dallas. That always matters. But I agree. I think that in a game where a lot of people are like, oh, who cares? It doesn't even really matter. I would like to see them win. And I think, you know, you want to see Nate Sudfeld go out and, and look competent or better at the NFL level. And just to embarrass the Cowboys. Yes. Like, imagine Dallas has had this really disappointing season. Like, a lot of things have gone wrong. They just got eliminated last week. They choked completely, Dak Prescott, especially at home. <laughs> Their own building. Zeke comes back, and they get eliminated, and he plays terribly. He plays at a Nick Foles level oh, in an man. elimination game. <laughs> oh, man. And... How awesome, like, what? what's the perfect ending, if you're an Eagles fan, to that Cowboys season? It would be to see Nate Studfeld go out and just beat the Cowboys starters. Beat the starters, shut Dak down. Oh, it was special. I mean, it wasn't a great week in Dallas. I mean, that, that Dak Prescott, have you haven't seen that quote about Des Bryant and basically saying, well, I guess I have to throw the ball right on his face so he doesn't drop it, I guess. Or, you know, it was like really inflammatory stuff, certainly. Not looking great down there. Let's head out to Abington. Talk to my buddy, Tom. Tom, what's up, brother? Jimmy, what's up, man? Happy New Year, fellas. You as well, sir. Thanks for calling in, brother. All right. Uh, I can listen to BLG and Shingo at it all day. Me That's too, right? <laughs> Dude, that was, that was awesome, Tom. And uh, no joke, BLG stands up. He's like yelling into the Like, BLG is a very reserved, cool customer. <laughs> I saw him get a little fiery right there. All right, so I'm watching TV last night, and uh, I see a commercial for the NFC playoffs, and they're showing all the – there's no words, just music. They show all the quarterbacks, and then I get a little depressed when Midnight Green comes up, and I have the F word staring at me in my face. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, number 11 would be great, but, okay, it is what it is. So I'm going to give everybody a little more hope, and I understand I'm really reaching and going out on a limb here, but just bear with me. Mm -hmm. So, in the playoffs, typically they're close games, right? They come down to one possession, maybe even a field goal. So, if you look at Jake Elliott, 
I've never seen anything like it. He's missed a handful between 30 and 40. He's missed three extra points, but he's 13 of 14 with 40 to 61 yards. He's money. So Nick Foles can get him in position to kick that field goal. BLG smiling at me. Uh, no, <laughs> look, I'm with you. Look, he, look, if you like the basic concept of he got the job done when it had to get done. There's no argument against that. He did. What he did wasn't that impressive. They shouldn't have had to win by they, that much. Exactly. Like, it wasn't that impressive. And it was out routes and stuff. But to your to your other point, I'm with you that that if we're looking for for silver linings for mar, you know kind of advantages where there's less margin for error, I do think that having a guy like Jake Elliott, who granted has struggled on some of the short kicks, but has the ability to hit those big kicks, those long kicks, and especially like we just saw the long kicks in cold weather. I mean, a football's like a rock in cold weather. That 48 yarder was a tough, you saw Giorgio Tavecchio miss it. Exactly. So uh, uh, Tom, I'm with you on that point. The only thing I'd love to say is Dallas sucks. Go birds and be safe for the new year. You too, Tommy. I love it. Dallas does indeed suck. Well said, Tommy. Let's keep it going on the phones. Let's head to Ewing and talk to Mike. Mike, you're on WIP. Hey, Happy New Year, guys. You You as well, man. Uh, The one caller, he brought up the running game. The running game's not as important as the 80s, but I think balance is important. And the running game's been getting progressively worse since about the 10th game. Yeah. Uh, Wentz was still in when the running game was going downhill. The second thing is, Torres Smith has been a wash, and he was supposed to be our speed guy. Uh, they're playing man-to-man on Jeffries. He doesn't have the speed to beat it. we got to make Aguilar our primary receiver and think about bringing uh, Shelton Gibson and or Bryce Treggs up. I mean, Torrey Smith has been a huge disappointment. I agree with you, Mike, on Torrey Smith. I think Matt Collins, the future there for that spot. Anyway, to your point, though, about the running game, and thank you for the call, I don't think it's been since week 10 that the running game hasn't gotten going. I think it's really been the last few weeks. And and whether you want to look at the Foles-Wentz thing, forget that. I think there's another big factor as well, the fact that Stefan Wisniewski has not been on the field. I do think that matters. That offensive line significantly better in the run game with that dude out there. That's part of it. But I think the Foles... Wentz thing well, of course does, it matters. And not of just be, not just because of the fact that like you know there's no the the threat of the pass isn't as good because Wentz but isn't there. But that is part of it. Like but they are they're stacking that, no, the box that's more. That's definitely yeah. why. But only, but not just that. I think a big thing is that what's one thing that we really praise Nick Foles, especially earlier in the season, the fact that he can, or sorry Carson Wentz. Geez, excuse me. Yeah, the what's RPO stuff. Is, yeah, he can get the guys into call. He's out there. That's part of what makes Carson Wentz special is he can get the offense into good looks and into good calls. And Nick Foles isn't that. He's just not. Well, and not just that. Not just get him into good looks. Once the play starts, Carson Wentz with the run pass options and all that, reading the play as it's happening, having the athleticism to pull the ball out, to make other plays, that's stuff that isn't even in the playbook for Nick Foles, or if it is, it's not the type of stuff that he could execute at a high level. I'm with you, BLG. And I said that last night with Barchard, the concept that in my mind, we talk a lot about the athleticism, the, the physical abilities that Carson Wentz brings that, that Nick Foles doesn't. We have not talked nearly enough about the stuff above the shoulders. The fact that Carson Wentz at his age and his experience level is as good as anyone I've seen since Peyton Manning in terms of the ability to read and recognize and make your progressions and all the type of stuff that happens above the shoulders. 
I haven't seen anyone come to the league like Wentz like that in a long time, and Nick Foles can't do that stuff. Yeah, and that's why it's kind of hard to just be like, oh, you got to commit to the run game. Look, I would love to see the Eagles run more, and more, but they got to do Absolutely. it better. It's not just about doing it more. I mean, you go look back at that game, which I did, against the Raiders, and people are like, oh, Doug got away from the run. No, he really they didn't. They stacked the like, box, too. They, they, they had the really great – well, first of all, this is what D- Doug did wrong. He came out throwing three straight times with Nick Foles. Didn't love that. But then he corrected it. Came back next drive. They, they mixed Nine in. running plays. It was great. And they got into the red zone, and they scored. But then after that, they had five more attempts – on running attempts on first downs the rest of the game, negative four yards. Yep. They couldn't get it. Every time they tried to get something going with the run, they couldn't. And then all of a sudden, they're in second and long. Mm-hmm. And so it just that's set everything worry. back. And, yeah. And that's how you get into that pattern where the offense struggles for long periods of time like that because, first and foremost, Nick Foles can't play from third and long all the time. Like that was one. The- for 14 on that third down. That was the thing with Wentz, right? Like you, you could be in third and 16 and you're like, I think we got this because the dude made stuff happen. That's not what Nick Foles can do. It is crucial to get in third and short, third and four, third and five, third and three, those type of situations, even second and and three, second and four, those types of shorter fields because Nick Foles, once they pin their ears back and start coming, he has no answer. He backpedals. You know, Wentz was the guy who could, could make something from that. And then on top of that, to your point, what the Raiders did, that drive, Eagles walked down the field, the Raiders said, oh, all right, we're not going to let you do that anymore. Eight guys in the box he said, Nick Foles, you got to beat us. He didn't beat him. That's the issue. The throws are there to be made. He didn't make them. All right, let's head out to uh, talk to Kevin. Wants to talk a little Sydney Jones. Kevin, you're on WIP. Hey, man, how are you? Good, Kev. What's on your mind today? Uh, so I think if we Sydney Jones plays a good game against the Dallas Cowboys, um, you know, it'll really affect our draft picks uh, this year to see if like we really need to go after another corner. I know what you're saying. I don't think, look, I don't think what they see from Sidney Jones on Sunday or in the playoffs potential is going to change their belief that he is a long-term answer cornerback for them one way or the other. Right, right. I hear you. I hear you. But um, with uh, Nick Foles, too, I mean, if we can get a run game going strong for him, I think he'll be A-OK to get the play action around with him. Yeah, you know look, I mean? look, I think that's the key. For a guy like Foles, as we were talking about, you want to help him out as much as you possibly can. You want that running game to be working. And thanks for the call, Kev. Good call. Uh, you want that running game to be working. As we said, you want to set him up in third and shorts, second and shorts, allow him to dictate to the defense rather than the dictate defense dictating to him. BLG, let's, let's take this scenario that we're talking about right now and what we saw on Monday night. The fact that the Eagles ran the ball well, the Raiders said, we're not letting you do that. Nick Foles has to beat us. Nick Foles didn't beat them. That situation is going to happen again in the playoffs. There is going to be a situation where a team is going to say, all right, you can't run on us. If they play the Minnesota Vikings, perfect example, a terrific run defense. What did the Eagles need to do to get to, to have success in those types of situations? What can Foles do again with his talent, limited talent, whatever you want to say, what do you think the Eagles need to do to kind of, address those types of potential situations. I really think it's as simple as making the, you have to make the throws that are there. I mean, Carson Wentz misses some throws. Let's be honest in a game in a given game. I get frustrated about that. Sometimes when I'm watching them, I'm like, Carson, what are you doing? You mm-hmm. overthrew the guy. He had him wide open, but he can make up for it. Nick Foles. He can't miss those opportunities, especially repeatedly. He had three instances that stick out from that last game. It was the throw to Zach Ertz in the end zone. It was too high. It had to be a one handed catch 
if Ertz was going to make that play, mm-hmm. which it shouldn't have had to have been. It was the play to Alshon Jeffrey. The ball was thrown behind him. He had space in front of him. He, Nick Foles could have led him or at mm-hmm. least thrown uh, to a spot where Nick, or Alshon Jeffrey didn't have to try to make a catch behind him. And then it was another one. The Ertz one. The Ertz again, where he almost it, got Ertz yeah, killed. Yeah, and that's the type of stuff where, like, you have to think about that type of stuff as a quarterback. Your guys are not going to go over the middle for you if you're going to get them killed. Like You, you it's have just to a fact. make the plays that are there. It's not anything like you, you just have to do it. You have to execute. Let's head out to Overbrook Park and talk to Levi. Levi, what's on your mind today, brother? Well, what's on my mind, Chelsea? Let me just say this to you, right? Lay it on me. You know, at this point in the season, we got to be all in. We are number one seed. We're on our way to trying to win a Super Bowl. But when I hear people talk about they don't want to win unless Carson Wentz is in the trigger, then guess what? You need your brain examined. Okay? Uh, Levi, you're preaching to the choir. I think <laughs> I will take. I will take a. I will take Nate Sudfeld leading me to a Super Bowl. I'll take Nate Sudfeld's backup, who's not even on the team because they all get I'll hurt. They have to put him in there. I'll take exactly. Yeah, 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 I'll take Doug center, Peterson leaving the sideline and playing quarterback you know, to lead us. I don't you know, care. I'm gonna give you a movie term here. You know, you remember the movie Braveheart? Of course. And, when, and then when William Wallace was standing there, he said, "You know." If you would just lead, this is what I want to say to Nick Foles. If you would just lead, this team will follow, okay? And that's where he's at. Nick Foles is in a position right now to lead this team to a Super Bowl victory and have his cake and eat it to the rest of his life. And he has to understand that, listen, what makes the difference between him and Carson Wentz is, is that Carson Wentz, will pick up that third and three with his legs, okay? And that would take away from that overthrow that he had there or, you know, that underthrow that he had because Carson knew that the line, the, the line marker's right there. I got three yards to pick up the three yards. Oh, three yeah, Levi, that was, that was an issue. I'm with you. But, but, all right, so here's the question. Do you believe Nick Foles can do it? I believe that Nick Foles has to do it. And I think he's got enough to do it. There I it is. I understand what he's right now. Okay? Levi, Levi, I appreciate the call. Great call from Levi there. I, look, I think that his response, it followed it up with, I believe he can do it. But I think that that's the response, right? It's, can Nick Foles, do you believe Nick Foles can do it? I believe he has to do it. He does have to do that's it. That's the point. If that they're going to win, I'm... he has to. That's But, but right, exactly. Yeah. The answer, if you believe in Nick Foles, your answer is like, you're damn right he can. I totally believe in Foles. That guy could take us there. Not, well, he's got to. <laughs> if he doesn't, we're in trouble. Yeah, obviously. That's the issue that we're talking about here. <laughs> but uh, look, I, I think, uh, again, we've talked about it. I do think that there is the potential for this defense to rise up, for everyone around him to rise up, and for him to, again, I think the thing that you're hoping for with Nick Foles is he is a streaky player. Like, like him or not, and again, we, we know where you come down, and I'm not a Foles fan, but I would say I'm more in the, towards the middle at least. But we have seen him play well. We have seen him take advantage of, of opportunities and play well. You're just hoping you get a couple games of that, and the defense has to step up and be special. 888-729-9494. We'll continue taking your calls coming up at 245. Sean Brace of Fox 29 and PhillyInfluencer.com will join us. For the Ring of the Bell picks your calls. Until then, BGN Radio, James Seltzer, Brandon Lee Gowton. We're coming right back. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. We are an hour and 
28 minutes into this show, and I have yet to wish Carson Wentz a happy birthday. What is wrong with me? Happy birthday, Carson Wentz. Shout out to Carson Wentz. 25 today, a.k.a. a baby. Our baby. Our baby. That is correct. Uh, we love you, Carson. Also, some uh, Tiger Woods birthday, LeBron James birthday, Sandy Koufax birthday today. A lot of, lot of goats born today. It's pretty good. James Seltzer, Brandon Lee Gotten coming to you with BGN Radio. Get you for about another 30 minutes. Rob Cherry and Hollis Thomas coming up after that. Let's get back to the phones. 888-729-9494 as Daryl and East Narton joins us. Daryl, what's on your mind today? Gentlemen, I got two things. First of all, before I get to my main topic, I do not like the idea of going into this game tomorrow with, uh, well, we'll get a couple series and rest everybody. I don't think this team is ready to go into the playoffs. I think they need to play this game balls out. They need to play it to win. They need to find an attitude that has been sorely missing from their effort the last couple of weeks. That's number one. Number two, I think that their two primary backs have worn down as this season's gone on. And to me, the best back that they should be riding going into the playoffs is the one they give the ball to the least, and that's Corey Clement. I think he gets to the edge faster than Ajay. I think he's got a faster first step than either Ajay or Blunt. And he's been finishing runs hard. And I really think that they have to commit to one, excuse me, to one of these backs and stop this back by committee because it's not been working the last four or five weeks. And I really think that they've got a hidden gem in Clement that they just, for whatever reason, they don't trust him or they're afraid of messing with the dynamic of the three-headed monster that's really kind of turned into uh, a three-headed, I don't know, it's been a disappointment the last several weeks. Daryl, great call. I'll address both points. Let's start with the Clement point. I don't necessarily agree that it should be just Clement, but I'm down to see more Corey Clement. He is, yeah, he's come through in every spot. I do agree with him. I think he does have a a really quick first step. I've been impressed with his ability to get to the edge, but in my opinion, Jay Ajayi has to be your leading carrier if you're the Eagles. Yeah, and I think there's a, they're not just rotating for the sake of rotating. They're rotating because they don't trust their running backs to do certain, like they don't trust Jay Ajayi fully to be the guy in pass protection. Clearly you know I mean? it's they, Corey Clement on third down 80% of the time. And they don't trust Corey Clement to make a big play regularly. Like Jay Ajayi can and run through contact mm-hmm. and do some kind of special things. Create so his own yards. That's kind of where they're at. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I, I'm kind of, I think that you're going to see more Ajayi and Clement. That's kind of the way it's been leaning. Blunt has kind of looked to wear down a little bit, which isn't surprising. He's coming off his yeah. biggest season ever. He's only averaging like two yards yeah. per carry. In terms of volume, last recently. year was his biggest year in the his, in his career, yeah. and he's, what, nine years, ten years into his career. So not surprising. I think Ajayi and Clement, though, you do have something potentially good there. I think, though, Ajayi, the one guy who we've seen on the NFL level, can make like a real difference back there for you and create his own yards and all that. So I, I lean towards a giant, but what do you think about his first get his point, point right there? And Oh uh, yeah. The other point re- playing yeah. hard. I, I kind of lean. Oh, let's put it this way. I'm more on his side than just rest everybody, but I also don't think you play everyone for four quarters and you have to win the game, yeah. but I do like the cons. I mean, I wanted to see Foles for longer than a couple drives. Like I want to see him get more NFL game speed reps with his receivers, build chemistry. I want to see the team kind of put a different feel heading into the playoffs than that Raiders game. So I, for the most part, kind of with Daryl. So here's my thought on that, because I get that argument, but like 
Who's to say it won't be just like the Raiders game again? And if he's just sucking and like, that's a great point. So like, what are you gonna do? Just leave him in there and like till well, he gets good. Well, that's what I was talking about yesterday. I, I was like, is it is it a is it a field thing? Is Peterson saying, all right, if they go out for one drive and kill it, I'll take him right out? Is he saying I gotta leave him out there until I see it? And then is it a half in and he hasn't done anything? It's kind of a weird situation. I would be intrigued to know how Peterson is heading into it. All right, let's head out to Flower Town and talk to Jack. Jack, you're on WIP. Hey guys, how you doing? Good man. What's on your mind today? Okay. Um, I think this starts from the coaching aspect of it all. Uh, the difference, difference between Wentz and Foles, it, it, I, I believe in Foles right now, okay? But it comes from the coaching. I, don't, I haven't seen much change between the coaching when there's Foles and Wentz in there. I think when Foles is in there, we need the two-step drop and get it out real quickly. Here's the thing, Jeff. And I haven't been seeing that. Here's the thing. I get what you're saying, but here's the thing. There were opportunities to be made. There were guys wide open. He could have had at least two more touchdowns in that game. And then at that point, he has three touchdowns. And are we complaining that the scheme is bad if he throws three or four touchdowns? They were there to be made. He just didn't make them. I, I hear what you're saying, um, but I'm, I'm talking about the most recent game, too. That's what he's talking well, yeah, about. Yeah, so I'm saying he's in the Raiders game, Ertz was game. open in the end zone through high, through mm-hmm. way too high. Yes, yes. So and God, I see what you're saying there, Jack. Good call. I, I get that. I get that point. Concept, like people yes. want to see, but like I just don't. I get it. I like. I understand where that is coming from. I just if the plays are there to be made again. If Nick Foles has a three or four touchdown game, are we complaining that we need to change the scheme? Of course not. No, but then that the scheme isn't the issue. It's just that he couldn't make the throw. That's it. Well, which that, is a basic throw, and that's what it comes down to. Look, Doug Peterson can only scheme. So much at a certain point, it's about execution. And ultimately it is about execution. The NFL is all about execution. Chip Kelly loved to say that, but he was, that was an area where he was right. Like it's whoever executes better usually will win the game. Just couldn't do it. Yeah. And yeah, that was his problem. He couldn't execute, but uh, Foles didn't execute. And, And I think that that was more the issue than the scheme. I do agree though, in that, the macro sense that, Doug Peterson has a lot on his shoulders, and he yeah. really does need to bring it for this team to have success. Yeah. Ooh, let's head out to New Mexico and talk to our buddy with the sultry tones. David, you're on WIP. Gentlemen, how there are you? There it is. How's it going, David? We needed a departure's out today, so we needed a real radio voice. So thank yeah. you for, for calling <laughs> in, David. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. But you know what? I am so tired of all this negativity. I am so tired of these talking radio heads telling Eagle fans all over the place that their season is over because Carson Wentz is not playing. This team has overcome adversity after adversity after adversity all year. It's just the bigger one because of the title. And I think this all falls on Peterson. This all falls on where he can get Foles head before this game starts. And I don't care who wins it. I just want him to go out and execute, like you said, the simple stuff. Just do the simple stuff. He doesn't have to be a superstar. He just has to be better than a liability and that's all we're asking for this guy and Foles knows that I mean Foles has been in the game long enough to know what's expected of him you don't think he's putting pressure on himself nobody's putting more pressure on Foles than Nick is so if we can just back up and just let give this guy some space I think he's going to be just fine now it's going to come up to 53 other players to make this thing work these guys have an opportunity to do something that Better Eagle teams haven't even sniffed. They put themselves in the best position possible. They'll have to with two games to go to Minnesota, and none of the NFC teams that are coming to, to link scare me. None of them. 
The only one that actually worries me is is Russell Wilson. I don't want to see Russell Wilson running around. Totally agree, David. David. I said that last night. I I said that last night. I don't want him in there. I love Russell Wilson, except he's playing his defense. I love Russell, but I don't want him in there. If they take care of business, if Atlanta takes care of business, look, Atlanta hasn't had much success in Philadelphia in the last couple years. All right? We just beat the Rams with Nick Foles. Okay? Kind of. We can – well, we beat them. The score was we, they beat him. we right. Yeah. I'm just saying beat with him. Nick Foles is the kind of part, and I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying the with Nick Foles is the kind of part, but yes. But but we beat him. No, okay. and so David, we, so we got we got the heads up on this. I'm so with you, man. They just need to they just need to execute, get out there, play like that, play like I know they can play, and let the chips fall where they may. Other than that, the rest of these little Debbie Donalds can go to hell in a handbasket. I'm tired Ooh, of hearing about it. David, great <laughs> call. Really appreciate it. And look, I, again. It's not about negativity or positivity. It's about realism and what I see with my eyes and what I expect to happen. But I do look, I'm with you in the sense that, that none of these teams scare me. Like I said last night, Russell of the teams that could play her in the divisional round, the the second round of the playoffs, as it were, uh, Seattle's the team I'd want to see the least just cause of Russell Wilson. But I think outside of that, I think Minnesota, the one real, kind of team where you look at and they're they're a really good football team it's just case keenum on the other end doesn't scare you as much similarly but to just i I love the positivity i just don't think it's as easy as getting nick Foles in the right mindset and then you go win the game like it can happen i just i think that we have to be okay with people questioning whether it will happen like you know we all want it to happen that's the key everybody wants it to happen we're not telling people you have to feel bad you know or you don't you have to feel like us we're just sharing how we feel exactly And, and again still rooting for the team still dying for this team to win still praying they win all that good stuff as we head out to collegeville and talk to my good buddy the sledgehammer mark what up brother what's up salsa how you doing good man how are you today brother I'm hanging in there. Mrs. Sledgehammer's feeling a lot better. She said, that is you. wonderful news. Ha- um, I was happy to give her a shout-out the other day. Yeah, she enjoyed it. She was listening. That's awesome. So uh, I wanted to give a quick prediction on the game this weekend, especially uh, for BLG there, because I know how much he loves Nick Foles. <laughs> he <laughs> what, loves him. He what loves we, what him. What do we got? What do we got here? All right, so this is how I'm seeing it play out. We all know that Foles and some of the other starters are going to be limited on what they're going to do because the last game they want to save them for the playoffs. All well and good. So I'm seeing it play out like this. We're going to have three offensive touchdowns, one by each quarterback and a running one. I also see three field goals. So I'm putting the Eagles 30-13 over Dallas, and I dare you to ring the bell on the sledgehammer. Ooh. I'm not going to ring the bell. Me neither, man. And we'll but get we to our picks coming. I like see. That's why the sledgehammer is the man. That's great. He's giving us a little tease there, Mark. Thank you, brother. <laughs> we we appreciate the call, man. That's awesome stuff. Uh, really quickly, I, I love I love talking to him. We've got just a minute here, but I want to squeeze Kevin in Delaware in real quick. Kev, what's up, brother? What's up, Sexy baby? How you doing, man? What's on your mind today? Yo, the only squad that really, really scares me is that New Orleans Saints offense. That offense is potent. And they are clicking right now. The way our corners have been biting on the in routes, getting burnt, that is the only team that concerns me from an offensive standpoint that makes me a little bit leery is that New Orleans Saints offense. Yeah, I see that. And Breeze, look, Breeze is far from the old Drew Breeze, but he's still smart enough to take advantage of defenses. And, I mean, Ingram and Kamara, man. Ooh. Ooh. That's it. They're and legit. The way our corners have been biting, they, 
I mean, you 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 stop at a gun, they don't stop with you. They just don't know how to look back and then turn them hips and go, and that really concerns me. I love it, Kev. So thank you for getting in here real quick. We up against it, so I couldn't give you more time. And Kevin, a great great caller and. Dude knows his football, so uh, appreciate the insight. Coming up next, joining us from phillyinfluencer.com, Fox 29, Mr. Sean Brace. It is the last ring the bell picks of the regular season for 2017. We're going to bring it next. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Coming up in just a minute, the final regular season ring the bell picks of 2017. It's BGN Radio, Brandon Lee Gowden with James Seltzer here as we are coming to you for a few more minutes. Rob Cherry and Hollis Thomas coming up next. But first, before we get to the ring the bell picks, let's bring in our guy who makes our picks with us every week from Fox 29 and PhillyInfluencer.com, my good buddy, Mr. Sean Brace. Sean, what up, brother? Boys, you know it's funny. I was just going down, uh, you know, the uh, the past picks for the season. Do you guys know that I am perfect on the year? I have not got one. <laughs> <laughs> we were just funny during the yeah. break. Brandon was like, "We really got to keep track yeah. of these picks sometimes." Next year we will. Yeah, but but luckily Sean kept track and he's perfect. Well, that's, so that's good. With that in mind, all of you might want to follow what Sean has to say because it is time Ow. for the NFL picks. It's time to ring the bell. Here come the BGN Radio NFL. On Sports Radio 94 WIP. That is right. Week 17, the toughest week to pick, but we're going to do it anyway. And, and we've got the perfect Sean Brace with us. You can't do much better before we get to the games. A reminder that the NFL picks are brought to you by the Delaware. Delaware Park Casino. Excuse me. I, I had a brain fart there for a sec. The Delaware Park Lottery Casino, Delaware Lottery Agent for the Delaware Lottery. You must be 21 to play, but you don't have to be 21 to listen to us talk about picks. Let's start it off with a game that has meaning for one team, and yet the line saying that both teams might care. The Jacksonville Jaguars heading into Tennessee. Playoff spot on the line for the Titans. Mr. Brace, the Titans a three-point favorite. Which way you heading? Well, that's it. Jacksonville can't do anything more. I think they locked up the three seed. Tennessee is playing for a playoff berth. I have to go Titans in this one. I'm not a big believer, but just with the facts that are on hand here, I got to go to Titans. I'm going to ring the bell. Whoa! Ring it because I, I think this Titans team is bad. I know they're playing for stuff, but here's the, they don't deserve to be in the playoffs. Like they're not a good team. They're not a playoff team. I agree with Sean Brace. I am with you on the fact that the Titans are terrible. They don't deserve to be a playoff team, but it doesn't always work out. I think they make the playoffs because I think the Jags just don't want to give anything away. I think they vanilla it up, which might still beat the Titans, but I'm going to take the team that needs it more. All right, let's head to another game where really neither team needs it, but one team kind of little chicanery going on here as we head out to Los Angeles. Los Angeles Rams may be angling for a trip to Philadelphia in the second round of the playoffs, resting some starters. The Niners heading into town. This opened up as a seven-point favorite for the Rams. It is now a four-point Niners favorited line. Mr. Brace, how do you read this one? I love the Jimmy G and the 49ers in this one. And I love the fact that the Rams are so confident that they want to come to, to, to Philadelphia for the playoff game, a team that's already beat them and in the cold weather, all that. But we'll worry about that next week, even if they win that first game. Give me the 49ers this week against the Rams. 
I'm taking Jimmy G too, man. Why would I take him? Has he lost yet? He hasn't lost. No, he's four. No, is why started. am I going to bet against him? He's just going to win every game for the rest of his career. Jimmy Jesus. Hey, you know what? Hey, look, having a really good quarterback can completely change an entire team. Who knew? Beautiful thing. All right, the uh, the one legitimate like real NFL game we got on Sunday. Two teams that that both have something to play for. One little bit more to play for is the Atlanta Falcons a playoff spot on the line a three and a half point home favorite against Cam Newton and the Panthers Mr. Brace yeah I've been on I've been on the Falcons bus all season long it's been up it's been down it's had a few flat tires I feel like we fixed that I'm gonna go I'm gonna stay with the Falcons on this one give me the Falcons at home and they beat the Panthers oh Look, I don't even know here. I just think Atlanta sucks. I think they're not a good football team. They've disappointed me over and over and over again. I'm going to take the points, and I have no idea who wins. I think both of these teams are the teams that you want the Eagles to play the most in the playoffs. Like They're the least threatening teams. I think both of these teams have an element of being frauds to them, and I think Atlanta, though, especially, they're the biggest chokers. I love it. So we'll see Russell Wilson in the playoffs, potentially a little Uh. less exciting there as we come down to the final game. It opened originally as the Eagles a favorite. Now it is swung the other way. The Dallas Cowboys, a three point favorite heading in here on Sunday. Who the hell knows what's going to happen? Mr. Brace, tell us what's going to happen right now. There's no way I'm taking the Cowboys. I don't care if the Eagles have me out there as a quarterback. You're damn right. And bottom line, Cowboys. Worry about next year, all right? Because you don't have anything to play for. Give me the Eagles in this one. I don't give a damn. I don't know the score, but give me the Eagles. Yeah, I'm a million percent with you. Why not win this game? Never won 14 games. I think it happens on Sunday because you know what? Dallas sucks. I don't see any reason to pick the Cowboys. The game doesn't matter. Like even if you think they're gonna win, why? Pick the Eagles, and the Eagles should win. And I hope they do. I love it. That's gonna be the ring the bell picks for Week 17, Mr. Brace. Where can we catch you next on Fox 29 anytime soon? It's just incredible to even hear that 14 wins. Right? Right. 14 and two is a real potential for this Eagles team. Unbelievable. Had a blast with you guys this season. Looking forward to doing it for the playoffs. But tonight, catch me on Fox 29 at 6 and 10 p.m. Go Birds. Awesome. Thank you, Mr. Brace. He will be back for the playoffs. Catch him on Fox 29. Uh, BLG. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? Other than, of course, both of us saying, John uh, Barchard, feel better. Listen. Listen. It's been a great year. It's been so much fun to be on WIP again this year. This is our second year now. We have the best. Like The call earlier in the show saying Talking that you're saying. Fans, the, yeah. like, we, we couldn't be more thankful of you guys for tuning in. And I can't wait to be talking more on WIP here for the playoff run and everything that we have ahead of us. So I just want to say thank you to everyone. And have a very happy and safe new year. Exactly what he, I can't top that. What am I supposed to say? You guys all rule. Thank you so much for listening to us this year. We can't wait to, to come into 2018 with even more stuff. We'll be here for the playoffs next Saturday. We're on one to four, a little extra action there as well. So uh, again, and uh, shout out to Barchard who will be back next week for sure. And, uh, and you know, beat Dallas. Dallas sucks. Let's roll with that. Uh, again, BGN Radio, Brandon Lee Gout and James Seltzer, thank you so much for listening. Rob, Cherry, and Hollis Thomas are coming up next. They got you for a few hours. And, of course, tomorrow, 1 o'clock, Eagles, Cowboys, Dallas sucks. The second one, I just have to, I think I have to throw him a better ball. I mean, just put it right there on his face mask um, and 
don't give them a chance to a chance to drop it, I guess.